When is it my turn to be happy, goddammit? What's up, everybody? We're back in action. We actually have some game film to talk about. Holy shit! We're not going to talk about the second half, though. We're not. Because when I think about that, it makes me cry. So we're not going to fucking do it. Because I don't want to make myself cry today. And you guys don't want to hear a full-grown man cry through the airwaves of however the fuck you're listening to this. I don't want to put you through that. <clears throat> but what I will say... <clears throat> The tears are coming already. What I will say is that welcome back. We are in the 1980s here in the United States because while the Democrat is in office, there's unrest in the Middle East and gas prices have never been higher. No, that is not a political statement. I just felt like trying to make a really shitty fucking joke. But the preseason... Week one, one out of three games has already come and already gone. It has already passed us by. Never thought it'd get here, but oh my god, it left just as fast as it showed up. But we have another two games, which I'm very excited about. And this year is obviously very different because this is the year that we're actually able to see what the team looks like with regular OTA and actual mini camping training camps and the reason why i say that is because the first half we looked fucking incredible okay the first drive on offense obviously was a three and out you know just knocking the rust off a little bit first drive on defense need them with an incredible pass breakup for a three and out you know one thing that i noticed as well zach sealer playing off the edge is playing really well he's almost battling christian wilkins for that starter spot but really, what I saw the most, and what really, like, shocked me, was how solid that defensive unit really looked. Um, particularly the defensive line. I feel like we have an absolute three-headed dragon in Zach Sealer, Wilkins, and Butler, as well as Raekwon Davis up front. That, that, looks, that looks very scary up front, and that looks like it's going to cause a lot of problems this year if the defense and the defensive line really holds up to form. Now, take it all with a grain of salt. It was against the Chicago Bears. But it was the first team against the first team. Okay. The following punt return. Waddle made some incredible moves. Looked like he was on Dancing with the Stars. Made some guy miss. Found some open space. Punt return for about 20 yards. And then the second drive on the offense is really when we started to come alive. You know, Malcolm Brown was able to power through some arm tackles. Um, and really, the offense was just really looking for fundamentals as well as chemistry-wise, you know, offensively. And I feel like we definitely got that. Um, you know, we were able to see that Tua looks very comfortable. He's able to roll out in the pocket, connect with Shaheen. That's a throw and a read that he wouldn't have made last year. Obviously, he hits Gasicki deep on that 40, 50-plus yarder. You know, he had all day to throw. He had time to plant his feet, put it on the button for a gain of 40 plus. You know, goal line stand by Chicago forces us to have a field goal because the offensive line was not really able to push those bodies around up front in the run game yet. Second drive on defense. Once again, the defensive line, incredible penetration. It's going to be an absolute problem. Pass breakup by Rowe causing another three and out. 
the first half, our defense looked like it was already in mid-season form. The third drive on offense is where it got a little bit more juicy. Beautiful play-action throw by Tua to Hollins, erased by a hold on Austin Jackson, unfortunately. Um, but it's the preseason. The refs got to get the rust out, too. Very questionable holding call. Um, he was able to zip it to Smythe with three men in coverage for 11 yards. Smythe was able to get past the second level, past those linebackers, to just sit there and wait for Tua to hit him. Fantastic. You know the beautiful throw to Gasicki for a third down conversion? Threads, and, and that's one thing that I really noticed, was that Tua was able to have incredible ball placement to where only his receivers could get it either in stride or it's up to them to make a spectacular catch. It's no longer a battle of, okay, is the defense going to get there in time? We're going to hold on to that statement for a second. But incredible, right? Incredible offensive looks. First half, we looked fantastic. Right. And, you know, it's with the two-headed monster that we have now at the offensive coordinator position, it's actually really interesting to see the change of play calls for Tua, right? He's no longer being restricted to just check down routes. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, that's all he did. You know, he's a bust because of X, Y, and Z, right? He's a bust. Look, he's not a bust, first of all. But we're going to go ahead and entertain those thoughts of Tua possibly being a bust, right? Correlation does not equal causation. And here's what I mean by that for all of my nerds out there. Did Tua have a very low throw percentage? You know, kind of battled balls, nothing really farther than like 10, 15 yards down the field. Absolutely. But when he did throw it that far, when he was given the green light to, he puts it on a dime every single time, right? So just because he wasn't the best quarterback on third down conversions, as well as, you know, long yardage or even middle to short gains, right? That does not mean that he is a bad offensive quarterback. That doesn't mean that. What it comes down to is what the play call was. So just because Tua is on the field and this certain play is called and it works or it doesn't, that correlation between the two does not necessarily mean that it is caused because of either issue, right? So what we're able to see is that he's able to step up. He's really looks more comfortable, more decisive, and more confident in the backfield, which I thought was a really big sigh of relief. And I feel like now seeing that that's the game tape that he's able to put on the field. Granted, it's for one quarter, but it was 99 yards. He did have the unfortunate pick where the defender did jump the route. Um, you know, so that kind of hurt a little bit. But, you know, he's able to really be more consistent as well as more confident in the backfield. He's making incredible reads. You know, if the offensive line can just hold it together, you know, if we really want to be a playoff contender or a perennial threat moving forward, it really starts and ends with the offensive line. When Tua had a lot of time in the pocket, he was able to make perfect dime throws. When he's rushed, he's able to get out of the pocket, but he's still making those off-balance, off-center throws. Now, the only quarterback with higher percentage last year to get away from the pressure in the pocket last year was Josh Allen. Then it was Tua. 
that's really good fucking company to be with, right? He's looking a lot more comfortable. He's able to move in and out of the pocket, step up with pressure, find the checkdown guys, as well as find the obvious reads, right? He's able to pick apart the defense. Now, granted, he had like 11 throws, but the 11 throws, well, not the one, not the one interception. The 10 were actually fantastic fucking throws. You know, so you can, you can see the obvious growth and development from year one to year two with the play calling, the confidence, the awareness, and the comfort that Tua has with these new coordinators, right? And this is, and I've said it, and I'm going to say it until I'm blue in the face, but this is what an actual off season of training camp and OTAs looks like stereotypically, okay? Last year, last year sucked for everybody, right? Zoom calls, Zoom meetings, you know, not really being able to get in chemistry with really anybody. The offense was out of sync majority of the time, right? Because they didn't have that cohesion. There was a lot of moving parts. There were a lot of injuries. There was a lot of confusion, right? Now is where we actually get to ruck, wow, knock the rust off, you know, with actual decent play calling and see what's going on. See what works, see what doesn't. Get these guys in time, get that chemistry up and started. It's absolutely beautiful, you know? So really overcoming the adversity from last year of no real offseason on both sides of the ball, both the offense as well as the defensive side. Um, obviously, that drive, we were able to put a lot of plays together. Um, you know, fourth down conversion by Brown, another check down to Gaskin. You know, on and, and on that one, I feel like there's still a little bit more IQ, you know, football IQ development that needs to happen with Tua, you know, on like this last drive. Um, you know, because he could have took that down and, you know, really ran it for like a really good, you know, gain. But with that being said, still incredible IQ, you know, to move to the check down. Um, you know, and then obviously the drive ended with that interception. Um, you know, he tried to punch it into double coverage. Tua did. The defensive back just jumped the route, right? Tua made the read a little bit too late. Middle of the field was wide open from the offensive line. Could have easily tucked it, gotten five, six yards easy, right? But, you know, hey, look, we're shaking the rust off, okay? And that's probably the only mistake that Tua really made in this game. Um, the third drive by the defense, Fields takes over. Incredible run stop by Wilkins. Almost a sack as Fields has to roll out twice. And we get our third straight three and out. Jakeem goes all the way to the Bears 35 in his second punt yard return. Defense and special teams looking fantastic already, right? And then when Brissett comes in and the second team comes in, that's really when it all started to fall apart. And you can see the very obvious, obvious drop-off in talent between the first team, second team, and the third team, right? Because Brissett takes over, first play, first pass, ball's tipped, Gaskin saves it for back-to-back turnovers, right? He had a, Brissett faced a lot of quarterback pressures from a big run, you know, but called back for holding, you know, once again, another questionable holding call, but the O-line looked really rough, you know, the second unit did, you know, Brissett had to make two plays in a row where he ran out from very heavy pressure from the pocket, defense holding, you know, forces a first down, the O-line looked overwhelmed, um, 
you know, it's just, it's rough, you know, um, the one good thing about the first half, you know, just in, in general for the Miami offense, incredible ball control and possession, um, you know, obvious talent, you know, from the first down, you know, from, from the first drive all the way to the last drive, um, obvious talent difference from unit one to unit two. Um, the defense really stepped up. I loved it. You know, they held Chicago to just 34 yards on offense. And I believe only like one or two, like first downs. Um, the defense looks to be absolutely solid already. If they keep up the same form, it's going to cause a lot of problems, right? Then once again, another incredible tip by Clayton. Benjadalum. Love that guy. Should have been an INT. Another three and out for the last drive by the defense. First downs in the first half. Miami had 10. Chicago had two. 215 yards for Miami. While the defense held Chicago to 79 in the first half. Obviously, that incredible dime of a touchdown. Brissett is able to find Ahmed on an incredible wheel route. Great ball placement. Five plays, 61 yards, 68 seconds. It's incredible. So total domination in the first half, right? And we love to see that. We love to see that the first team already looks to be absolutely fucking solid. I love that. We don't talk about the second half collapse. Um, my player of the game, you know, I, I kind of had a toss-up between Salvan Ahmed as well as Nick Needham. You guys know how much I love Nick Needham. I talk about him as many times as I can. I love Nick Needham. I think he's absolutely incredible. Honestly, probably one of the best undrafted steals that Miami has ever made out of UTEP. He's absolutely incredible. Love that kid. Love his passion. Love the energy that he brings to the game. Two incredible pass breakups on very quick slant routes, which are very hard not to get a defensive pass interference on, right? Because you have if you're trying to make the diving play for the pass breakup right a lot of the times what is there's going to be some contact and the refs are going to call it every single time or you jump the route thinking that the slant is going to continue moving upfield and you jump the route and you get burned over the top right so those slant routes are very difficult right it, it, it takes a lot of very quick moving fast moving parts to happen um and nick needham did very well on both of those um and it's something he's starting to become a staple in the secondary um so i'm very excited to see that i'm very excited to see you know javon holland um i was an idiot and said that we got trayvon morig a couple of episodes ago and people are still making fun of me for that it's javon holland we got not trayvon morig javon holland out of oregon um leading interceptions back to back at Oregon, Pac-12 player of the year. Um, I'm excited, right? So we're not going to talk about the second team, third team. Um, obviously, there is some trimming of the fat to do, I guess you could say. But incredible, incredible first half performance. You know, it's preseason. Take it with a grain of salt, right? But it's football, and we looked fantastic in the first half. Second half, we got to button up a few issues. You know, but really it lives and it dies at the offensive line. We've got to be more consistent, right? 
I understand that there's that lack of experience out there. We have a lot of guys that are just going into their second year um, on that offensive line. I know it's kind of patchwork. It's kind of mismatch and a lot of different parts the way that it was last year as well. But all in all, I think Miami's got a very solid core going into this next season. But if we do want to make that jump from pretender to contender, we really have to step up in the offensive line. Um, and yeah, that's that's about all I got because we're not talking about that god-awful second half. We're not fucking doing it. Um, also, big shout out, Kirk Merritt. I love you. Um, Kirk Merritt's just my guy. And the last thing, really, the last shout out in this video, I guess you could say, is for Miss Kim Mickey 77. Now, if you're like me, right? You love customized Nike Air Force Ones. Okay? It's weird, right? We all have our weird things. Your uncle gambles too much, right? Your brother drinks too much. Your spouse goes to Starbucks a little bit too often, right? My weird thing is I love shoes. Okay? I always have. And if you're looking for some really good custom Air Force Ones, I got mine that are the Miami Vice colors for the Miami Heat. They're the they're my favorite pair of shoes that I've had in my entire life. I, I like I refuse to wear them because I it, it's not almost like wearing the Mona Lisa. Or like I just don't want to fuck them up. But they are absolutely incredible. Go check her out on eBay. You can just probably just Google search KIM. I-C-K-E-Y-77. See what she's got. Available in all sizes. Custom work. Stuff that's already made up. She's absolutely incredible. Tell her that Tyler sent you. She'll hook you up. I don't know. Don't don't hold onto that as a promise. But that's going to do it for me here. We're doing a little quickie. But as always, thank you so much for tuning and listening. If you are brand new here, hi, hello, welcome on board. Feel free to hit subscribe and Rated five stars. You already know what the fuck to do. Helps us in the algorithm. And if you are returning, welcome home. Welcome home. We love all of you. And as always, God bless and go Miami Dolphins.